0: Welcome to the Ghost Generation Podcast. In today's episode, I will be discussing the Saratoga County Homestead, also known as the Saratoga County Infirmary. On December 5th, 1914, the first treatment facility was opened on the property in Providence, New York, 16 miles from downtown Saratoga. This location sits on the land of the once prominent Carpenter family. Horace Carpenter donated the land the homestead sits on, along with an initial $25,000 towards the construction of a health resort. Carpentier also helped with the construction of County Route 16, Route 147, and other local roads leading to the sanitarium. Upon his death, he left an additional $40,000 to be used for the sanitarium. It was believed during this time that fresh air could help combat the affliction known as the Great White Plague, tuberculosis. It was the hope of state and local officials that the mountain air of Providence, New York, would help fight the disease. The homestead was described as modern in the Saratogian, a local newspaper that runs to this day, over 100 years after the first building's construction. Whether you could pay for your stay at the sanitarium or not, you were guaranteed the same treatment by its staff. The first superintendent, Dr. Hurst, departed his home in Paulson Spa in order to stay at the homestead and oversee its operation. Upon its opening, there were only 12 beds, with 48 people applying to be treated. During this time, tuberculosis had taken our nation by storm, Sanitariums like the homestead were being built nationwide, Waverly Hills in Kentucky being another example of this. The cornerstone for the brick building that now stands in Providence is marked 1937, contrary to Wikipedia. It is assumed that the first wooden structure burned down, though we are still actively researching the history of the sanitarium. At its peak, the homestead was a sprawling complex, with standby generators, a water tower, nurses' cabins, the superintendent's cottage, a power station, and the hospital itself, consisting of an adult wing and a children's wing, a theater, cafeteria, and rooms upon rooms for those sick with tuberculosis. In late 1960, it was decided that the homestead was no longer needed as a tuberculosis center, and it reopened as a Saratoga County infirmary. In 1973, a larger hospital was built in Balsam Spa, New York, and the Saratoga County Infirmary traded hands once more. The infirmary was purchased by Locomotive Park, owned by Orrin and Chapman, a group looking to establish a facility to treat substance abuse patients. They established facilities like Conifer Park, which still runs today. Work began in the children's wing of the old sanitarium. Walls were knocked down and new ones were built. Unfortunately, one of the partners passed away and the grand plans for the homestead fell through. It has sat abandoned for roughly 40 years, surviving multiple fires, the harsh New York State winters, and decades of vandalism. In 2016, the EPA cleared out the building of asbestos in hopes it would be purchased. In 2019, it was sold at auction, and the new owner said something shocking. He didn't want to tear down the building. Since early in the winter of 2019, I've been helping a friend from the South Clans Falls Paranormal Society, Steve Bra, with tours and cleanup. Steve was designated as the local caretaker for the homestead tours run through his event company, Haunted Nights, and will be starting up again as soon as the coronavirus quarantine ends. His Instagram and his event page will be in the description of the podcast. Working in the building, we've had a variety of strange incidents. From footsteps and voices to a can being thrown at us, it's apparent that some of the residents of the homestead still walk the halls. Steve had a particularly interesting experience. I was working in the cafeteria, and he was in the hallway, perhaps 200 feet from me. He came into the cafeteria as I cleaned up, and looked at me with a sense of confusion. He said, what's up? I was just as confused as he was, and he continued to say that he had saw me poke my head out of the adjoining room, as if to check on him and the work he was doing. The only problem with that is that I never left the cafeteria. Doppelgangers appear to happen in buildings when work is being done. Madison Seminary in Ohio has reported doppelgangers of their own mad crew throughout the seminary. While we're not exactly sure what doppelgangers mean in this sense, there are a few theories. One of the most popular theories I've read about states that when someone puts a lot of energy into the building, spirits can either use your energy to show themselves, or you're putting so much energy into the building that you're creating your own residual quote-unquote haunting. All of this led us to conduct what we believe is the first ever paranormal investigation on the property. Steve and I spent the waning hours of May 16th hanging up no trespassing signs, knowing that within a few hours we would be in the ominous building. The homestead has no power, and it's in the middle of the woods, so when I say it got dark, it got dark. We spent roughly five and a half hours in the building after sunset. We captured an EVP saying hey to us in a room that connects the two wings of the sanatorium. Steve and I were also able to describe the same shadowy figure roaming the halls no more than 20 feet from where we sat. Orbs also appeared in photos we took. I'm pretty hard to sell when it comes to orbs, but I believe that we were able to catch something. The alleged orb was also in the hallway where Steve and I saw the shadowy figure early in the night. Unfortunately, we were interrupted by a group of kids looking to break into the building As the location is popular locally as an asylum with an insane activity. For the record, the location was never an asylum. Since the investigation, I've spoken to a number of friends who claim they've been chased out of the building by shadowy figures, felt watched by unseen eyes, and one even spoke of having a figure follow them home. I wonder if the spirits of the homestead are able to differentiate who is breaking in and who is working, which may explain the difference in our experiences at the location. Or, perhaps, we caught the spirits on an off-night. Unfortunately, in the field of paranormal investigations, off-nights exist. We've taken trips to out-of-state locations or sat in multiple hour-long car rides to have nothing happen at our destination. It's difficult, as the location has never had paranormal investigators there before, to our knowledge. It is assumed that they know how to use the equipment we bring, but not assured. While we definitely had some intelligent interaction on the cleaning days, A lot of what we experienced on the investigation seemed residual. With time, I suppose we'll see how active the homestead really is. As far as renovations go, we have cleaned up the basement pretty well, and the first floor is much better too. We've boarded up several entrances that were used to break in, and we've taken measures to make it evident that the building is under renovation, both online with social media posts and in person with no trespassing signs. The local police also patrol the area more frequently to catch any attempted trespassers and we are installing motion lights and cameras to deter trespassers. If you're able, please donate to the homestead's restoration. The owner wishes to also feature a veteran's retreat on the 30 acres of land he purchased alongside the sanitarium, but it is all self-funded at the moment. Grants can only do so much. The link to the GoFundMe for the homestead's restoration will be in the description of this episode. Well, I haven't experienced anything overly dark or demonic at the homestead, there are some horror stories that come from those who have visited the property. Perhaps as I spend more time in the building, more will be revealed. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at Generation Ghost and share the podcast with friends if you enjoyed. Look out for next week's podcast as I dive into another one of my favorite locations, Madison Seminary, located in Madison, Ohio.